and offer me a diamond-plated pearl. You can send me all the riches in the world. You can tempt me with the palaces of kings. I'd give them back in a big old sack and keep the simple things. I've got the simple things. I've got the rain and spring. Got spicy chicken wings. Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 196, Charlotte's number one podcast recorded in the basement, now via Zoom. Yeah, mid-April, been working at home for about a month now, full house, five dudes, all, all in their own vicinities, their own rooms, but uh, yes, me, Gerald uh, Duvall, how you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm hanging in there, man, um, still haven't really adjusted to this quarantine life, but uh Really kind of don't have a choice at this point, so uh, <laughs> just still working at home. Thankful to be still working from home and uh, doing the best I can. If you're uh, if you're looking for me, Twitter, Ball, Instagram, Ball. All right, and uh, Jeebs back again. I think the sole reason I wanted Jeebs on was to see if he was still living in the prison life. Uh, he, he finally got some some stuff hanging up behind him, a little Jason Jambi, Andrew, jo- Andrew Jones jersey. Yeah. Okay, so you don't look like you're in a prison cell. That's good. Jeeves, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. Can't complain. All right. Uh, can't lie, I didn't. I did just run to Target and get the thumbtacks and put them in right before the meeting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, I know you. You're always a last-minute man. A minute man, yes, if nonetheless. Yes, sir. All right. If you guys are looking for me on Twitter and Instagram, is Jeeves1988. All right. And then, Chris, I think this is the first time I've seen you probably in about a month. I know. I feel like I haven't been on it forever. Yeah. My back is Zoom. <laughs> are you on your back patio? No, I'm just chilling in a little dining area, kitchen. Okay. I didn't know you had a nice little formal brick setting in your dining room. It looks fancy. Right. Somebody it is a little painted fancy. It white. They painted it white the whole place, and then just in this unit they painted this wall again. So it's brick, but it's got some paint on it. Hey, it looks good though. I feel like you're you're, you're fancied it up. Yeah, trying to be man. Yeah, yeah. With the clock and everything. I know. And this though, everything else is a wreck. How's how's the dating life going with this coronavirus, Chris? Heavy on the iPhone, man. Heavy on the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> have you ex- have you seen? Successfully, I guess you can't really go on a date. So, is it all Zoom dates? Is it what's the? I haven't really done any FaceTime yeah. dating or anything like that. Okay. I'm still getting used to what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to like date over the phone. I don't know about all that. Okay. People in uh, I forget where it is, but that one guy with the drone sends the message over to the girl. Have y'all seen that video? I have yeah. not. No. It's a great video. You should check it out. Okay. Uh, well, where? Instagram at C-Mike-in, M-I-C-U-N. And, uh, yeah, Instagram. All right, for me, Jero Nation, Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast, Facebook, and then the Beards Watch on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube is They See Me Rolling. Uh, we will have some content next week since we're doing a little uh, Zoom watch party for the draft. 
But other than that, you can find our brewer reviews, burial carts, and reaction videos all on there. Subscribe to that. Uh, and then, Chris, whenever I know, if, if you got some money, go buy a T-shirt. I've sent you some links. You know, I think you're the only one of the regulars that don't have one, but just got to throw that in there since it's been a month since you've been on. That's fair. <laughs> all right, so our guest this evening is a guy I've known, I think, since about 2012, 2013. Uh, worked together when it was Speed, and then when Speed flipped to Fox Sports 1, he was still there, and then I flipped over to another department. And then he was there for a little bit and then kind of went off and just kind of blew up on his own thing. I don't know if you guys have seen the new Shaq Life show on TNT. He's been a part of that. So, and then he also had a movie. I can't remember the name of the movie that came out a little bit ago. But uh, Corey Frost, man, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I know. I was, I was looking forward to having you in the basement, playing a little birio cart and all that stuff. But uh, here we are on Zoom, so... Hey, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so catch everybody up since, I think, when's, when's the last time you were at Fox, that building, Fox Sports? I'm going to have to say it's 2013, 2014 range. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I was there when they uh, transferred over, but once NASCAR Productions took over, I kind of jetted off and did my own thing uh, with NBC Sports for a little while. Okay. Completely freelance after that. Yeah, okay. So then, what what you been up to? Well, we just did the like you said the Shack Life episodes just aired uh, this week, and we had worked on that for a while. I, I produced episode one. Okay. And I I've done some some small pieces for the other episodes, but from here on, um, just been working on a full feature length documentary about the paranormal. So that was different. Okay. I, it comes out May fifth on uh, on all the streaming networks, Amazon and Apple and all that. Okay, so what? what first, let's get into the shack. How did you stumble into the shack life, and what was the process like? How did you actually get to hang out with Shack at all, or were you more post? Yeah, more post. Okay. I, mean, I wish I would have hung out with Shaq more. But, uh, <laughs> the, the guy, yeah, the guy that uh, show run the. Uh, the whole series. I've been working with him for a while, Rory Carp, and uh, he's produced uh, Rick Flair, Thirty to Thirty, and directed that. And uh, I hate Christian Leitner, and he's been a really big uh, part of my career and kind of helping me out. So uh, we connected kind of right after I left Speed Channel. And okay. And from there, we've been doing work ever since. And he had that series and brought me on as a producer. Nice. So you did okay. So you just basically got the footage and kind of put it together, produced it together, and all that kind of stuff for maybe who, people who may not know what a producer is for you know TV shows and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you get hard drives of endless content, and then you just try to make a, a show out of a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, I would imagine I would imagine that that's pretty hard. Um, is I guess when you were putting this together, as far as details, was it easy to kind of put together the, the production for a Shack Life? Was it, or was it like so much that it was like, okay, how am I going to cram so much into this small space? Or was it not enough, and you kind of had to extend? How, how did that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always difficult. There's every show is different when it turns when it comes to content and how much you can fit in in the obviously the total runtime. Shaq's episodes were 20, 20 minutes, roughly, maybe 21 minutes. 
and we had to fit a lot of stuff in a very little amount of time. So basically, you you do your best to try to figure out what the best content is, and so you're sitting around watching a lot of footage uh, and kind of cherry picking the best stuff, and then from there you you start shaping the story and the structure. And obviously, you have endless rounds of notes. Everybody's got an opinion from a network <laughs> all the way down to me. So he's a walking ad, you know. <laughs> exactly. That, Everything he does. And and that's kind of what they talked about in uh, was it episode one? I think and two was really about how much he's involved and he wants to believe in the product. And he talked about going over to Papa John's after all their their big scenario. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, you know, we all, you see all the Shaq stuff, and he's just a goofy guy. So I'm sure you had tons of stuff to cut down. Is there anything on the cutting floor that you could tell us that, that uh, was memorable? Oh, man, I'm sure, I'm sure there is. I mean, in episode two, he lip sync to the entire choir of his daughter's uh, college. Yeah, they had a little small clip of that in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did that for about 10 minutes straight, so. <laughs> Mind you, he doesn't even know the songs. He's just lip-syncing. <laughs> but, I mean, it, there's there's countless stuff. The guy plays pranks on his buddies. I mean, the whole rest of the series is something to watch. He, he goes to Europe, tours the, with his DJ stuff, and uh, it's just a really unique perspective on a guy that everybody knows as a basketball player and obviously a, like a product uh, yeah. sponsor. Did you get any free Papa John's out of this? No. Well, no. Why? Why not? <laughs> yeah. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, our buddy, uh, I don't know if you know Jeff Schaefer, he actually tagged Papa John's in a, in a thank or like a comment to me on Twitter. And I did get followed by Papa John's official Twitter account. So ah. that's something. Okay. There you go. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff there. So Yeah. <laughs> So after, uh, do you, did you produce any other shows besides the first one, or was I it? I just did scenes from the okay. other shows. Uh, we did pretty much a long cut on the first episode. Mm-hmm. The first episode of any series is always tricky because you got to establish everything and uh, you got to explain who people are, and it takes a lot of time to kind of set it up. And then um, what they did was take scenes that we originally had in one and kind of move them throughout the, the next few episodes. Okay, and how many episodes is it? There's ten. Ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely good to check out in this time of being stuck at home. I mean, there's so much content to consume now, but, I mean, it Shaq's just entertaining overall, so it was it was good stuff. So how did you didn't, how did you end up jumping into this paranormal movie or documentary? Oh, yeah. real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah, uh, Before we move on from Shaq, you said with his DJ stuff, he's at all the EDM shows going wild, but does he actually DJ? Because I know he came out with that rap CD, you know what? <laughs> yeah. He said it. I'll say this. Shaq is putting in the time. Now, I don't know anything about EDM, so I can't really give an opinion of if he's good or not. But, <laughs> but he is putting in the time and the money to do it. So he really wants to succeed at it. So I guess there's that. I mean, I don't. if you're in EDM, I don't know what you think about him. But he's he's putting the time. He's actually doing the work. He's got a, a big EM uh, DJ coach with him, helping him along the way. So wow. So he is playing. He is actually DJing. He's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen him just like jumping up and down, being obvious because he's Shaq. He, you know. That and that's what kind of I think it was what episode two where he 
thought he was doing an hour, he's only done an hour set, and he dated him doing an hour and a half, and it kind of was shot that way. It was like, you can tell, I mean, in this day and age, it's so hard to keep people's attention for so long because they're going to look at their phone. That was their kind of thing. So what he does is he jumps out there and gets people jumping around and then goes back up and finishes his set. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's wild. I thought it was wild, too. He took it personal when people would write articles about how he was a Paris Hilton. And he called that not using the PH term because he didn't want to be a Paris Hilton where it was just a, a celebrity DJ who basically just showed up, collected their check and move, you know, and check and move along. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's a he's really trying to. I, I like I said, I have no idea if his music's any good. <laughs> but I mean, it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you at least might catch an elbow from Shaq and have a have a broken nose and, and use that as a story. So. Yeah, and he goes into the mosh pit every once in a while, so you have that to look forward to in the next couple episodes. All right, nice, nice. But, uh, yeah, so how, how'd you end up with a paranormal documentary? Well, it's kind of random, but uh, I saw a job posted. It was a low-budget documentary for, in the paranormal, and I, I thought it would be like a quick changeover in between freelance gigs because I'm yeah. a full freelance um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be quick. This is going to be interesting. And knock it out move on. Uh, ended up being a two-year-long project. Uh, it, it was a very interesting story about a house in Mississippi. And, you know, the director had reached out to me. He was, you know, kind of wanted to pitch me the idea. And then we both kind of talked and really got into it. And two years later, we're, we're finally seeing an air date. It's called the, the House in Between. It releases May 5th. But um, the house in Mississippi, had, the owner actually saw some lights or something that woke her up in the middle of the night, and she hasn't been able to sleep in the home since. And then during that process, she got involved with a few investigators who then pretty much wired the house 24-7. So they have DVR cameras um, recording 24 hours a day, and they've been doing this for the past 11 years. And over that process they they put like little they call them trigger objects uh, they put like balls on the stairs like baseballs and you know kids balls and little things uh, around the home and throughout the night when nobody's in the home these things move independently so like a ball will fall down the stairs but the four others that are also on the stairs stay put so it's just there's a lot of weird things happening and you know I'm a skeptic yeah I try to how do, we, look at how, how do we not sure like one of those balls has a magnet in it and there's magnet at the bottom of the stair and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. It's funny you yeah. say that because this paranormal documentary kind of put those ideas to the test. Okay. Uh, so you'll, you, you see that idea and we came at it with a different – it's not jump scares and like, oh, hey, did you hear that whisper? You know, <laughs> we, we tried to come at it with a, with a pretty realistic approach. Okay. Okay. And uh, – so do you believe now that this house is haunted? Are you, what's the... I mean, always going to be a skeptic. I okay. mean, there's, people can pull the wool over your eyes. However, I will say this. I have never been able to debunk the evidence that they've produced. Okay. Uh, so do I think it's real? I don't know. But is it is it just like strings attached? I don't think so. So... It's somewhere like in the middle, and I don't really know. I think it's clearly something. Um, 
whether that be a ghost or not, I'm not really sure. Do do they like how do they keep this house open? Does a lady live there or is it like a, a tourist attraction now? It's it's more of like they they want to study it. So they have uh, some investigators that kind of go in it, but the the owner doesn't live there anymore. She's okay. too scared to live there. Um, and she's hasn't lived there since she saw the lights in 2011, so it's okay. been a long time, Yeah, and they've been studying it ever since, so I don't really know what the heck's going on. <laughs> so then what was your role in it? Were you a producer again, or? Yeah, so I was a story producer and editor for the whole film, so basically they've, they gave me the evidence, um, and they also gave me all the footage of, that they shot, and kind of, you know, I just sat there, I mean, just with the evidence alone, I sat there for you know, hours on end trying to figure out, okay, uh, if I zoom in 3,000%, can I see something like a string or a magnet? And, you know, I sat here for hours, days, weeks, trying to figure out just on the evidence, is it real? And I can't debunk it, so <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Do you... Uh-huh. Go ahead, Mo. I was going to say, all I know is, is that's got to be like, if you probably had your mind thinking so much about just like regular shit now, because like I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of those, but like to hear somebody and to hear this is kind of really interesting and, that, and it's something I'll definitely uh, look into on May 5th. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's just an interesting thing to do to kind of figure out. I mean, and I'm pretty sure you just like anybody else, if you're trying to find details and say, okay, hold on, something's not right. Let me see if I can see something, and you can't find it. I mean, that speaks volumes. Yeah, and I think there's not... Um, I think nowadays, is especially with technology, you can you can definitely fake things that can trick people. I mean, I think we saw... We've seen countless videos that are clearly fake, but um, these people that are investigate the house or trying to be as honest as they can and kind of be as uh, transparent as they can so that people actually wake up and see like there is something going on, whether that's uh, natural or occurring or whether it's a ghost. Uh, they just want to know what, what the hell's going on. Uh, I think that's the idea of making a movie and uh, trying to get their, their kind of cause out there. So Do you guys believe in ghosts? What? <clears throat> I'm kind of like you, man. I, yeah. I, it's like, I don't believe it's like Casper flying around, but sometimes it seems like there are some of those things like that you're just kind of like, hmm, that's weird, that's strange. But yeah, like Duval said, you'd hate to like think that you're in your house and, you know, however old it is that if somebody died in it or someone's haunting it or something, someone's watching you while you're dropping a deuce or you know, getting your business on or something, you know what I mean? So you try, I don't, I don't try not to think about stuff like that because then you just, you get in your mind, so I don't know. I... The other day, my niece had me watch The Demon House on Netflix with her. Oh, and okay. Was, I came home and I wasn't right for like 30 minutes. <laughs> How old's your niece? You get over it? She's 12. She loves that paranormal stuff, man. She oh. loves it. Like, we're going to go to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. They have, like, a lot of haunted hotels or known for it or whatever. My parents have gone and stayed with, with her down there. Like, we'll go down there and we'll scare the shit out of her. 
right, well, I know, hey, I know in about 10 years if Chris ends up dead, what my first suspect's going to be. <laughs> Ghost? <laughs> and see, I, I can understand that because I know when I was in New Orleans last year, they have a lot of houses down there that are, are, are very, uh, you could say, for the sake, just haunted or whatever the case is. So um, those, uh, those particular tours, I uh, said no to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm okay. <laughs> But uh, so, Court, do you believe in ghosts, Corey? I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I will say yes with skepticism. Um, I don't really know how my theories of what I believe in work, but I do. I do think that there is something else that is out there that we can't explain. Now, do I think most of these paranormal shows on TV are capturing ghosts? Absolutely not. I don't. I think they're just hearing things. And they're like, "Oh shit! Like, what is that?" <laughs> but I think it's it's a lot of drama and built up edits. But I do think there are things that happen that can't be explained. And until they can be explained, I will have these ideas that things exist until they're disproven to not exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, like I don't know if you've ever watched like America's Got Talent and the magicians there, and they do stuff, and you're like, that's unreal. Like how they, do, and then you can, you know, magician never tells its secrets, but you can figure it out with the mirrors and all that stuff. But it is one of those mind-boggling things to think now technology. You can be pretty like, okay, someone did that, but imagine a hundred, two hundred years ago, someone pulling off one of those sawing somebody in half things or. You know, some paranormal people are going to be like, oh, what? There's no, there's no fact-checking now. There's no internet, which is, can be totally wrong and totally right at the same time. But, yeah, no. There's some stuff out there, but I just, I guess I just try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let it be. Let it, let, you, know, let, you know, no need to go wandering around graveyards. Continue to pray. Let the spirits be, so... But uh, so so that's so without spoiling the movie, is there like do, do they come to a conclusion at the end, or is it just left up for the viewer to kind of figure out for themselves? I think it's a it's definitely left up for the viewer, um, but there is a somewhat conclusion that things things do happen to connect some dots that are unexplainable. So without giving too much away. Uh, I will say it's a little bit of both. Like things do kind of conclude in dramatic fashion, um, in real, real dramatic fashion, in my opinion, uh, based on what I've talked with the director about and the footage that they captured. Uh, it's just kind of surprising, but still kind of open-ended at the same time. Jeeves, you believe in ghosts? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in all he that. Didn't, he didn't say like, that with confidence. Oh, I yeah. really dove into the paranormal stuff, watching any of that kind of stuff. It's, it'll get in my head, and I won't be able to sleep for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you do believe in ghosts, then? Is that me believing in ghosts? No, nah, I just... It's just, <laughs> it's just scary movies messing with you. Yeah. Looks like there's a ghost right over his left. I know. That's what I was saying. He's got a ghost in the room right now. Yeah. <laughs> he had to check to make sure it wasn't a ghost. Yep. <laughs> well, Durst is moving a little too much back there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, 
Jeeves <laughs> uh, gonna sleep with his light on tonight. Yeah. All right. So uh, you got any other projects coming up then, Corey? Uh, we're we're kind of you know obviously the the film industry is a little shut down right now. Yeah. Um, everybody's staying at home orders, but uh, we do have a couple projects. We're trying to get a project, uh, a little series based on kind of the current environment that we're in, um, and all the misinformation going around out there and how it's spread and you know the impacts of that and also how we got to this point. Um, trying to get that project off the ground, and I've been working on. A personal project. Now that I have a lot of time, yeah, zero jobs coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been working on a, a true crime doc that I've, you know, been on and off again for, you know, four years probably. It's it keep, you know, speaking of ghosts, this project haunts me forever because it just it pulls me back in every time I talk or every time I see something about it. Um, it's about a guy who's in prison. He's suspended. Uh, 35 years in prison for murder and I don't think he did it uh, there's a lot of evidence that points that he didn't do it and there's also a lot of people that have been exonerated with the same evidence that is put against him so it's it's a heavy topic that it's kind of hard to go through but also very interesting from a true crime aspect so I guess also let's touch on you got those projects coming up, but you know, you're a freelancer. Like you said, money's gonna get getting tight here. Kinda break down how that's been with this new with this pandemic going on of how you know, speaking of ghosts can be scary things, you know, not money not coming in's gotta be the scariest because I mean you got you got a house, bills to pay, you got a wife, all that kind of stuff, so yeah, absolutely. You know, and my wife is a wedding photographer, and I shoot with her as well. So we're actually both in the same exact position where, um, you know, we, her obviously her side of it, her events and weddings and photos are all shut down. And yeah. My side of it, there's no production actually happening right now. Yeah. So, you know, our thing is we're trying to one get our personal projects going. Yeah. Things that we've sat on for a while, like that true crime doctor talked about, um, but also just you know trying to be creative and market ourselves to to find our own work instead of trying to wait for it to come to us. And that's yeah. kind of the goal. So actually, she's training on how to edit uh, in the production. So we're gonna see if we can get her trained up, and maybe we'll both do some video editing on the side. Yeah, that's a. That's something definitely, you know, you bring up getting that stuff done. I, I remember getting my videos from my wedding and still going, oh, yeah, that's five years ago. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I still haven't sat down to do it just because, it, as you, you guys know, it takes forever to go through that stuff. But maybe I should put that on the list after all the other projects I'm getting done. But, yeah. So, But, so, but how, how's the how's the mental mental aspect of it? I mean – do you guys feel like you're all right? You're going to make it till everything gets back or? Yeah. I, mean, I think we're going to make it obviously. Um, it's all up in the air on how this affects jobs. And, yeah. And everybody's in the same boat. A lot of people are in the same boat as us. Um, how this also affects the movie industry. Like yeah. this, this is not only changing people's lives currently, but it will change the future of how people uh, do production and, does that mean they 
they go to like more of a, a one man band kind of style of filmmaking or do they, you know, cut ad revenue? I mean, there's a lot of companies that are cutting ads right now. Obviously they, they can't afford it and they're, you know, laying off people and their companies. And that means there's less sponsors that go around for film and uh, television. So it's interesting how this will affect the future of filmmaking. But, um, I mean, we just bought a house, so it's a little scary. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in the process of building it right now, so yeah. that's a little scary to figure out, uh, can we do this? Is it viable? I mean, how long does this quarantine go? I, I mean, everybody's guess is as good as mine. And that's I've kind of been thinking, like, at some point, the risk of getting it or just, the, like, you people have got to get back to work, to, to the normal normality of it, I mean there's only so long like you said, there's there's only so long where people can go with either working from home or just not getting the full workforce to where it's like yo we have to make money you know where it's and that's where I'm kind of like thinking of how long especially like I said same thing working in TV I mean you're looking at like we're not Disney we're Fox but I mean Disney with their cruise ship shut down and their park their park shut down they're talking they just asked all their main uh you know like the top uh what do you call it um, shit, sports broadcasters take a 15% cut so they don't have to fire anybody. And yeah. if that's the case, if Disney, who's got billions and billions of dollars, is having to do that, you're starting to think, oh, okay. I mean, that's tough because they've got all these avenues of they can't pay people because nothing's running right now. Then I saw a thing out of the landscape of, you know, NFL rights coming up. Is NFL going to get all the money they thought they were going to get? You know, now with these companies, if ESPN can't have the money they thought they were going to have, is Amazon going to come in and swoop? Because they're they're actually making money right now. So, right. Yeah, no. It's a, yeah, it's I a, feel like these companies have the money to do whatever they want to do anyway. And a lot of it is just what's going to look good, what's going to be feasible for us in the long run. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, we're going to give you a 15% you know, cut, but then we'll just give you that as a bonus next year. Yeah. Well, it's also like he's you know the example was used like Alex Rodriguez. Let's be honest, he he can take a fifteen percent cut. You know what I mean? Like those guys that are at the top of the game. He, yeah, he exactly. There's no point unless he's just an asshole. But he's he's worth you know probably half you know five hundred million dollars. There's no need for him to sit just be sitting around because he's not doing any games. So you know why wouldn't he? You know so when you can keep the the people who who need the money to keep. Anything, you know, a house afloat, per se, so. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, sorry to get all depressed on you there, Corey. If, uh, you... <laughs> Has this yeah, made... Let me just think about all my financials right now. <laughs> Has that's this made that's you... What I wanted to hear, Jacob. Yeah. Has this made you rethink the freelancer life at all? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think uh, I was staff at NASCAR my first year when I came to Charlotte. And yeah. And I just... I. I wasn't feeling the idea of, you know, working staff and just kind of being grinded down anyway. So Well, you were working that, but you were doing what? Radioactive, right? That was when I went to speed, but okay. uh, that, that was a grind too. Yeah. So so for a lot of people, well, I guess we should get – tell your tell your background story first. We didn't jump on that earlier. Well, how would you – you know, you're from what? Miami, right? Or the Florida area? Yeah, South Florida, Deer Beach area on okay. the East Coast. Uh, it's about maybe two and a half hours, three hours north of Miami. Okay. So you were there. Then what brought you to Charlotte? Um, actually, I have always wanted to do filmmaking. I just never knew what kind. So yeah. I went to UCF in Orlando, uh, 
went there to film school, and I would, my plan was to go to New York, L.A. That was it. I mean, I was dead set on one of those two options. Um, but I've always been an NFL fan, a Dolphin fan, and, you know, I grew up with the NFL films, uh, VHS tapes. Um, so I applied to the NFL films internship up in South Jersey. Okay. Just as a long shot. And yeah. And then I got a job at SeaWorld as a photographer. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then I got an email back saying I'm getting the internship my first week as a photographer. I quit that job and I flew up to South Jersey, NFL Films, and I walked the halls with Steve Sable. Oh, nice. May he rest in peace, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a. You, you walk into that building and the entire front uh, waiting room is full of Emmy Awards. And I just remember my first time walking into that building. And it was like the most surreal experience in my life. Yeah. And then I passed Steve Sable and uh, a lot of other NFL personalities in there. And it's just, uh, it was a cool experience. And then from there, I got a, uh, the former executive producer from NFL Films came down to Charlotte, emailed him at NASCAR Media Group, and then... The rest is history. We went there and went freelance. Okay, so then when you like when I met you, you were doing you came in did some speed center stuff, doing race hub stuff, and explained that grind of the radioactive. And basically what radioactive is, it's all the drivers not using the N-word, unlike Kyle Larson did a couple days ago. But Corey's yeah. going through all of their audio, which they know they're being recorded, so that's you know. And he's picking, and what's that shift like? You come in at the end of the race, like, what, 6, 7 p.m. on a Sunday night? Actually, I refused to give up my weekends. Okay. I absolutely refused it. Okay. And it ended up making the grind a little bit worse. Okay. Uh, I would come in on Monday, probably 3 or 4 in the morning. Um, and at that point, we did Winner's Weekend, which was essentially a, a quick turnaround of the winner, essentially the same styles radioactive yeah. following their win. And then on Tuesday, I do the radioactive. So it was really from 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. on Monday till about 5.15 on Tuesday. It was nonstop work, pretty much two hours of sleep in between. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would come in sometimes not that early, but – you know, and I would see, and he'd still just be grinding. And then even when I flipped over to that 4 a.m. shift, as stuff was going over, that's when I would pass you at the old speed building, be like, wow, he's, there's only five people in this building or whatever. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I can understand that running a shift like that can definitely grind you down and make you rethink, like, nah, this isn't something I want to do for a while. Yeah, it, it was a grind, and I'm sure anybody that has done long hours like that can can relate. But I mean, I I was actually actually when NASCAR Media Group took over uh, Fox Sports, yeah, I ended up doing the same thing, um, the same kind of project for NBC Sports and their uh, live show, and theirs was more interesting because I had to do the same exact show or segment for the show, but they wanted me to go to their Stanford, Connecticut studios. So basically, Monday, I fly out at 6 a.m., get the get to the airport at 4, uh, fly out at 6. I would drive from LaGuardia to Stanford, Connecticut, work on the show, and I, I would literally get to my hotel room maybe 
4 a.m., get back there at 7, uh, work till 3, the show would air at 5, I'd already be at the airport again, and it was already an hour away at uh, 6, I'd be back home by 9. Shoot! <laughs> and All in one day? Two days. Two days. But it was essentially one giant day. Yeah. Wow. And how long, how long did you grind on that? Until you were I like, no. Nah. I booked that schedule for about a month, and I was like, no. <laughs> I feel you. All right, so. Are you a sports fan and wondering why guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are drinking wine rather than the bush light you might be drinking right now? What if I told you I'd be willing to give you $50 in free wine to find out? High-quality wine is both enjoyable and easier on your body. So if you've been thinking about trying some good quality wine, but you're not really sure where to start, you're stuck in the house and looking for some entertainment, or you're already a wino and looking to try something new, I've got a great idea for you. Scout Circle allows you to have a variety of wines that are cleanly crafted and handpicked by a level 3 sommelier automatically shipped to your doorstep at your desired frequency. All the wine inside will be in, will be free of any chemicals or added sugar that you'll see in most wines in the store, and they'll have the lowest possible amount of sulfites included. So you can forget about the beer bloat while you're drinking or the headache the next day that won't come with the highest quality of wine out there. And each box comes with fun facts to teach you about the wine that you're drinking and, you'll, and about the small vineyard that you're helping to support. Plus, if you're still hesitant, all the wine in your box will come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're unsatisfied with a bottle for any reason, just let me know, and I'll replace it for you with the same one or any other wine on my site at equal or lesser value. To sign up, just head to my Instagram at wineunderthebridge and click the link in my bio. If you have any questions when you get there, just send me a DM. I'll be happy to help. New members that sign up for this program before the end of May will receive $50 in free wine credits when they receive their third shipment to use on any additional bottles that you left. So head over to at Wine Under the Bridge on Instagram and eliminate the guesswork while trying something new and fun with your family or friends. A glass of wine a day will keep your beer good away. Cheers. Since the draft is literally, is it next week? Yeah, draft's next week. 23rd? Yeah, next next Thursday's the first round starts. It'll be all funky, zoomy like this. But you're a Dolphins fan. You guys are picking fifth. We got to at least dive into a little bit of, I mean, what are your thoughts? What do you want them to do? What do you think they're going to do and all that stuff? Well, we all know what they have to do, and that is the draft of the quarterback that uh, <laughs> is the next greatest quarterback. Now, yeah. who that is? Nobody knows. That's true. I don't know. Besides, is it, it Herbert? Is it Love? Like, yeah. Who really knows? Besides Joe Burrow, it's all like anybody else is their favorite flavor. You know what I mean? Like you exactly. see, you see somebody who loves Tua, then you see somebody who doesn't like it, then you see somebody who loves Herbert, then you see somebody who, who's talking about the Love Kid from Utah State, and then it's Jake Fromm's kind of been in the news lately, and it's all this other stuff. So smoke season, Jake. It is smoke season. It definitely is. Like you know, I'm trying not to. To get too much into it because I know it's what are the what are the Giants because to me I think for the Panthers the Giants pick is big if they go offensive tackle I think one of the defensive guys that I like will be there but we'll go back to the Dolphins you guys got pick what five and twenty something and then twenty something yeah I mean it's they have like you know twenty thousand picks in the first round yeah. I don't know what they're, what they're going to do with them but um, you know as a fan 
you want him to draft a quarterback, and you don't want to take a risk, but you also we we saw that when they missed on Drew Brees and took Dante Culpepper, we saw that taking a risk was the worst this or the greatest decision he could have made in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and obviously we know how that panned out. Yeah. And it didn't pan out in favor of the Dolphins. It's funny you bring that up because just the other day I had a tweet and I had a lot of thought behind it. And I was mowing my grass. I do a lot of thinking while mowing my grass. And it really hit me of what if Matt Rule is Nick Saban 2.0? Because I just feel like I don't know what he's doing. He's gotten rid of everybody that wasn't his guy. That was old. I mean, everybody that actually liked Rivera a little bit is gone. The only people that are there are young guys on cheap rookie deals that can't get out of anything. I mean, he cut Cam. They cut Eric Reed. Cut Olsen, Luke retired. I know Luke, they must have given Luke a heads up because there's no way if they don't do all that, he I think he sticks around. He was like, nah, I'm not about to be the only one left in this thing and just be on yeah. another, you know what I mean? Yeah. Had they had to have given him a heads up. And everybody's gone except for and they just signed McCaffrey, whatever that is. We don't have to get into the paying the running backs. You know, the team stinks. They gotta sell jerseys. That's how I look at it. They gotta find somebody. But I did think, is this Matt Rule scenario where him picking Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton, the Nick Saban picking Culpepper over the Drew Brees? I know it's not apples to apples, but it's very similar to me of this could either go a good way or it could get bad fast. Well, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, the Dolphins tried to sign Bridgewater last year. Uh, last season, yeah. and then it ended up with Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So clearly, people view him as a quality starter. That's true. Uh, I don't know what that means for the Panthers. <laughs> we don't either. I don't either. I still would have taken a, a bum ankle Cam Newton over Teddy Bridgewater, but that's just me. Yes. Yes. That's I, that's everybody besides Matt Rule. Yeah. Well, yeah. Besides everybody in that building, like I said, to me, yeah. it, it seemed like it came down to Cam's personality. And him being 30 years old, going to be 31 here in May, I think he just he wanted a yes man, which seems like what Teddy Bridgewater is. Bridgewater knows the, the Joe Brady offense because the, they were there in New Orleans together, and he's not a guy with a, a personality like Cam, where Cam, it seems like, as we all know, is a big personality. And I think Rue just wants a lot of yes men in his guys for these first couple seasons. But again, I still don't know what direction they're going. They say they were rebuilding, but then they signed a Robbie Anderson and they signed a Teddy Bridgewater instead of just tanking it up for the next year. But who? But, but also my thing is there's – Hey, we got, we got Anderson. We got a Temple guy. We're good. Yeah, they got like seven Temple guys. The whole team is Temple guys. They got a linebacker from Temple. They got a wide receiver. They got the whole coaching staff from Temple. Yeah. But it's also like a – you know, it's just I don't know where they're going with it or whatever, but – all right, Corey, back to your – so you want what? You don't care if it's two or Herbert or Love at five, or do you want them to take a quarterback at five or take one later? Or? I think if they can get – if they can get to a – I think it's – you know, it's been talked about for so long. I think you have to take him at five. If yeah. you trade back and you can get a, you know, a Herbert or a Love, you know, maybe you can think about it. But at the same point, Miami can't have the draft capital that they have now and miss. If yeah. they miss, this franchise is doomed for another 20 years. Yeah. It's guaranteed. Yeah. So you have to hit on your draft pick. And don't forget, now, this is unpopular opinion, but the Dolphins still have Josh Rosen as a backup, who's really getting paid pennies yeah. to sit on a roster. 
Uh, and, you know, I don't know what he's got. I mean, we saw a little bit last season. Um, he showed some flashes, but didn't pan out necessarily. But if you if you sit him a little bit longer, I don't know how that works. But obviously, I think the, the talent that's coming out of the draft, you have to hit. And you can't trade all your capital for Burrow. You know, I've seen that yeah. tweet go out. Like, but I also, do yeah, I also think if you're the Bengals, you don't trade out of it. Like, I've been saying it for months. Like, if you're, if you're as a team and a franchise and a fan, if you just endured the season the Bengals had, you want that quarterback to be sitting there and just ha- come off a Heisman Trophy and a national championship and be the clear-cut number one. I mean, why would you want to, oh, but you can get all the draft capital. Yeah, but to do what? To get in the scenario that you get a, a, a franchise quarterback. It's so easy. I, you know, people, you know, it doesn't have to be that hard. It really doesn't have to be that hard. Would you be opposed to them trading up to three and, I mean, taking the quarterback. If they can find their guy, yeah. I'm not opposed to anything but the whole trade scenario to Burrow. If, yeah. they, can, if they can make a deal to get the three and, it, and they know that this is the guy or the guy that they believe in, I'm okay with it. But I don't think they need to get rid of you know all their ones and twos just to get that guy. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm with a risk. And that's my other thing is everyone talks about the, you know, if you stink, you got to tank, you got to tank. But we have yet to see an actual NFL team tank and it pay off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, think of all the teams. The Chiefs went from Alex Smith to Mahomes. They traded up to get Mahomes. Uh, Deshaun Watson slid in the draft to the Texans. The Texans, try, like, you don't necessarily have to tank and be the worst. Now, yeah, it does help your odds at when a Trevor Lawrence is coming out or a Joe Burrow falls in your lap. But... We still haven't seen yet to see that team that's completely like the maybe the Dolphins are the first ones to do it, but dismantle a team like they had. I mean, got rid of almost everybody, and will it pay off? My big thing was when the whole scenario of Miami tanking for Tua and the whole hashtag, and that's been the talk of the last season, yeah, the offseason, is you, you saw exactly why you cannot tank. You saw Tua go down. And you saw him uh, drop in stock. So why would you tank your entire football organization in order to draft one guy who's not even guaranteed to be that spot? Yeah. And that you can get him at, you know, five or later, or, you know, whatever it is. And now, too, is not even a guarantee to have a, a decent career. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know anybody that really, truly believed in the organization that they were tanking. I don't think that exactly happened. I mean, all the beat reporters jumped on the bandwagon, but I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they knew it wasn't happening realistically. Well, I knew as soon as, like, because we all know in the NFL, no coach wants to go 0-16, 1-15, 2-14. That's just, one, even no matter how long of a contract you got, that's embarrassing, and you may still get fired, so you don't want that to happen. Yeah. So at some point, they're not going to, like, for the Lions to go 0-16 that one year was unreal, but they just, they're too competitive. They didn't get to be an NFL coach by going, yeah, we're just going to go 0-16 and 1-15 one year. And like you said, all we know is, you know, Trevor Lawrence goes, you know what, I'm coming back for another year. Or he blasts his knee and he's done for life or something like that, you know. Who knows if something crazy happens. So you can't necessarily, and there's too much money in people's jobs on the line to completely just tank, tank. Well, what are you, are you guys all Panther fans? Yes. Yeah, Chris is like half and half. Eagles, Eagles, yeah. Panthers. Oh, Philly guy. Yeah. 
know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're 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 all Panther fans. So well, I, have you been to a, a do you go to Philly games up there? Oh yeah, I went to Temple actually. So when I lived up there, I went to Bills games all the time. Went to my last Eagles game was Sunday night against Dallas. We didn't win, but it was awesome. I've heard some crazy stories of fans treating the opposing team fans terribly. Is that true? Yes, it is. But I've also (laughs) had an uncle go to a Panthers game with my dad, you know, wearing Eagles gear and, you know, guy two two rows behind him, Panthers fan, starts punching an Eagles fan. So that was ironic to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. When when they – when these – Headlines come out and it's not an Eagles hand or something. I'm posting it. I'm sharing it. <laughs> I'm commenting on it. You know, we get the bad rap, but it's all right. Thick skin, you can take it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Corey, what's your dream scenario for the Dolphins then? My dream scenario is they draft the quarterback of the future. They win the Super Bowl next season, but. Clearly, that's not going to happen. Hey, man, that's what—that's why we're fans, fanatics. We just think of wild and crazy things. So, yep. yeah. I mean, look, I'm I will all... say this. I will say this. As a Dolphin fan and going through multiple rebuilds, this is the first rebuild that I felt as a fan that they've done it right and that they're going after the right pieces. Um, now, if you hit... Here, 40 to 50% of this draft, I think it's a success because they've done it right, and that's way bigger haul than you would have gotten with only seven picks. So um, I will say as far as, like, from a Panthers aspect is, you know, it's not always popular to get rid of your franchise guys. Like, Miami got rid of Mika Fitzpatrick in the middle of this, the first couple games. So um, not very a popular opinion, but – they're getting draft capital out of it, and, you know, you just got to hope it pans out. Question, do you remember who Nick Saban's first pick was with the Dolphins? No, I have erased Nick Saban from my book. Jeeves, Jeeves, <laughs> Jeeves, hit me with a Google, hit me with a Google, because I want my like I said, my, my dark wheels were spinning as I was mowing the grass, and I was like, is Christian McCaffrey the Ronnie Brown of – I'm telling I just I don't know what it is. I hope but, Matt But Ronnie Brown wasn't Christian McCaffrey. R- Ronnie Brown got chosen four overall, if not mistaken, or second overall. Yeah, and what Cadillac Williams was what six or seven and they were neither one of them really yeah. and out. I know. Hey, that's why they say don't pay running back. We just paid our guy. That's true, but I would say Christian McCaffrey's resume definitely yes. overhauls. Ronnie Brown. Now, no shade to Ronnie Brown because he was a monster in college, but yeah, but um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I, listen, Duvall, you know how I go on my my deep dives and the oh, comparisons, oh, and that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. I'm really am nervous because he's a big college guy. He talks a big game, and I just hope his stuff. Uh, at some point, you can't all have. Your guys like on an NFL team. You've got to have different people, and there's so many of his people there. I just I hope it works. I don't know, and I know it's supposed to be a couple season rebuild, but at some point, I think they realize like if I want to put a new stadium and I'm asking for all this money, they couldn't completely tank. They already had. They already knew they were cutting everybody's. Unlike the Dolphins, who've got a historic 
franchise that can kind of withstand that. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, the history was erased when Dan Marino retired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Chad Pennington days, man. A Chad Pennington, he was great for a season. Yeah. And then he was who we thought we were. When, when y'all had the Dan Reeves 2.0 after he left Carolina and ran that Wildcat with Ricky, was it? No, but it was, was it Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams? It was Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, one of the greatest yes. teams in NFL history. Exactly. So That's that was his first pick was Ronnie Brown. See, I'm telling you, man, this is, oh, uh, the comparisons are getting too eerie for me, Duvall. I know. I'm just saying, Ronnie Brown is Nick's to Nick Saban as Christian McCaffrey's to Matt Rule in a sense. He just paid him and he just backed him up, like you know, he he cut everybody, but he kept he paid a running back when it's been told don't pay running backs. And I'm not saying that I don't want Christian McCaffrey here, but it's just an odd odd thing to get rid of a guy who carried the team to a Super Bowl. I know he's had some injuries to go, you know, I don't know. We ain't got to dive down that path too yet. You know? which, is why, which is why I think it's a strong possibility that Alvin Kamara's not going to get paid in the world. They're going to blow that damn team up when Drew Brees retired. Well, that's why they may pay him, though. But when is Drew Brees I, I, I Drew Brees, is, he already said he's done after this year. Has he? Yeah. When, yeah, when he, when he walks away, Kamara walks, and they start over. Yeah. He said, so he, Jeeves... He came out, Jeeves, and said this is last year. He was actually going to retire. He told people at the Pro Bowl he was retiring, but then had a change of heart. He said this is his last year. The Wolves can't tell with some money. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Look at Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. but uh, I'll bring it back to Miami for a season, just to just to make sure that that bookend is uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, because like I said, I've been making my comparisons between the Nick Saban and, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it ends it, it ends up better than that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about anybody else. Final thoughts on the draft real quick for this episode? I'm good. Well, I'm waiting for the next one. Okay. All next right. Yeah. <laughs> Lost it over this one. <laughs> <laughs> All about the Dolphins this week. All about the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, Corey, do you when do the do the Panthers play the Dolphins this year? Do I don't know? think they do. Okay. They usually play them in preseason. I go every time. Okay. So I got a question for you then. Have you have you seen any of our YouTube reaction videos? I have seen a few. Yes. Okay. So we've got some, and we do those. And whatever that whatever the Panthers do play the Dolphins, I'm going to need to borrow a jersey from you to hang up in the background for our production value. Okay, I got you. Do you have one of those crispy, clean, orange Miami Dolphins jerseys? No, but I do have a nice retro number 13 Dan Marino. Okay. It is in mint condition. Okay. Because I love those. They wore them like one time, those bright orange Thursday night. I think they wore them for a Thursday night game or a Monday night game, and Ricky Williams destroyed somebody in them. There's but. a theory that every time they wear the Color Rush orange jerseys that they always win, and I don't know if it's been debunked, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it's okay. That, that Ricky Williams orange was something I wanted for a long time because it was crispy clean. Yeah. It so. is good. All right. I got a, I got a uh, white Ricky Williams jersey. Oh. Gee, has been holding out on us. What? Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Hell yeah! Who knew? I, I got a white one. Tell us. Yeah, I know you, you could. Okay, well, I would have never known. I know. I know. Jesus got a Dwayne Jarrett. That's about the only other jersey I know he's got. I do have a Dwayne Jarrett jersey. 
Uh, all right, Jeeves. I don't know what happened to it. Jeeves, is it still in your closet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it in my closet. Yeah, see, we'll have to hang the Dwayne Jarrett up this season since it'll be the lost season. Yes. <laughs> all right, Jeeves, you ready? Yeah. All right, Corey, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna ask you your question here in a second, but first we got to give our uh, sponsors a shout. So, Jeeves, you ready with the Warehouse Distillery, <laughs> Escape 109, Wander the Bridge Notebook, Corey? I sent him some uh, pictures of some of our pages before the podcast started. What you got for us? All right, got my question. I'm only picking one, right? Yep, pick one. You have to answer as well. Oh. All right, so your house is on fire. Everyone, your pets, wallet, cash, or safe. Uh, what are you dashing to go get? I'm gonna, since I just got sprung on the answer, I gotta answer this. I got, I'm waiting. Okay, is All it right. just one, just one thing? Is that what it said? I mean, you got multiple runs. I mean, yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right, Chris, Chris, you said you got yours? Yeah, if it's like one quick thing, if you had to pick one thing, I would probably pick something of my grandfather's, and he had this uh, cigar box full of foreign currency from when he was in, like, wars, Korea and everything. So I would probably grab that because I put some of his other stuff in there. It would be, like, the most legacy I could take with me, I guess. So... For for a quick second, I thought you said porn currency, and I, I was like, "What?" I was like, "I was like, what?" Oh, I said foreign foreign currency. I was like, "He been he been quarantined too long." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, Chris, uh, really?" Chris just had this heartfelt moment. Jake's like, "Porn currency." I was like, "That's what I thought he said." I was like, "Yo," he just acting all nonchalant like. He's got all this stuff from Germany and like all this. I was like, "Yo, Chris, you and your grandpa out there just hanging around, huh?" That's the new legacy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's the exchange rate? I let him know. Let him know. <laughs> What's the exchange rate? Yeah. Uh, I think if I had to choose, obviously everyone's safe. It would be uh, that um, behind us in our living room is that our wedding guest book. Which was the jersey, Panther jersey, signed by everybody. That would probably be the one thing I'd grab. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I would say because I would be extra. So I have uh, my uh, my graduation tassel from A and T, like framed, um, and it's got like engraved, like a like a saying and like the image that I have on my tassel. I would grab that off the wall, and then I would also with my other name grab my gifts. <laughs> so as I'm coming, well, well, I would grab be efficient. Duval, you know you can like reorder those things if they burn up, right? It's very true, but you know it's nothing like the original, you know, because it might not be the same. So you know what? I'm gonna just as I'm coming out the door, I'm grabbing, and I got the PS2 it, down there. Insurance, I, I can grab some controller. Insurance will cover that. You can put that in the insurance report. They'll pay for that. I didn't know all that. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying. Listen, I'm trying to be efficient, man. I got two hands. Okay. You know, so I'm trying to grab one thing, you know, but that would be all I grab. So on your way out, you grab the PS4, and the cord comes out of the PS4 instead of out of the TV. Do you leave the PS4, or do you grab the cable and leave the other thing? I grab the PS4 because I can order some more cords. Ah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's a device. It's the device you gotta have, you know. But yeah, I was I was on the same I was on the same track as Duvall's grab like something like the ele- like the electronics that you that you need that you need to get like the more not the more expensive things but the things that you like. All right, I can if I get a new house I can get that then I can get the yeah. burger and everything like a TV or like Duvall said the PS4 if you are the next gaming device that I get or whatnot so. I wouldn't hell I was bringing no furniture out. No. Uh-uh. All right, Corey, what you got? My life, I'm going to pull these up. My life is all about these stupid hard drives. Yeah. Everything uh, is on them. Family yeah. photos, work. I mean, my entire life is in these stupid old machines, so I'm going to grab as many of those as I can before I yeah, because you don't want someone to blow up your your place and set it ablaze, and then have to blame somebody for blowing it up, like in Tiger World or whatever, Tiger King. Yeah, gone are the days of reprinting your photos from you know the Kodak twenty four roll that you had. So uh, hopefully one day we get back to that, but until then I gotta grab the drives. Yeah, I mean, like I haven't lost my phone in a while, and I'm gonna knock on wood, but like. Think about all the stuff that's on your phone or whatever. You drop it in the ocean, you lose it, whatever. And it's just, if you haven't backed it up or, and how you used to print everything out and you would, but now it's like, it's gone, it's gone. It's in the cloud or it's just on the hard drive, it's burned up. So, yeah, it's tough. If you're ever going to learn something from Joe Exotic, it's how to back up your computers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's very true. So, all right. Well, uh. We'll do a quick, was it, Survivor update. Corey, you join it next year, right? I'm in. Hopefully, like speaking of you know stuff being on delay, they've, they've pulled everybody out, so hopefully there's a season in the fall. But uh, let's see. Adam went home. Other than that, not too many points because the Extinction, or Exile, or Extinction Islands kind of got all the points held up. But as of right now, let's see. Jeeves. You between the you and Duvall little game you got going on. Where are you at, Duvall? Oh, no. Duvall, or... I should have. I, I think I have two or three points. Jeeves has three points, and let's see where where Duvall end up. Oh, Duvall's got three points as well. Duvall has has one person who's gone home with three people on extinction, and Jeeves has. I have three people, but no one has gone home. Yeah, so it's going to come down the wire for that shot for Burial Card, if they ever allow us to join up again. <laughs> I know, man. It might be New Year's Eve, right? <laughs> Does anybody, I know this is just this is just five dudes who have no idea about viruses. Does anybody have a guess of when we'll think they'll, they'll kind of lift some of this stuff? If I had to guess... I mean, we're sitting. This is this is the end of April now. It's just the uh, middle of April. Just the middle of. I April. know, right? <laughs> uh, listen, man, at the, at the, listen, man. At the end of this weekend, it'll be the end of April. That's how we look at it. Listen, man. It's all it's all downhill here. We're we're halfway through, so it's all down. But I think, to be honest with you, I'm thinking July. Because and, and I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, maybe mid June. But see, you know, I don't want to be one of those first ones to be out there, like, out here braving it. No. You know, out here hitting every bar and every lounge. And I'm, 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 listen, 
I'm going to be real chill. The only thing I want is a haircut. That's it. <laughs> That's why you got your hat on, right? <laughs> well, I got to, hey, man, listen, open You will not see this egg. <laughs> Don't be that. That's it, man. Sorry. Are you balding, Duval? Are you balding at all? No, no, it's just everywhere. My yeah. hair is just everywhere, man. And then I got this, like I said, man, I got this beard coming in, man. Just give it a little time, man. I'm just going to keep, you know, washing my face, man. I'm I'm, a catch, I'm not going to catch you. Nah, though, you ain't going to catch me, though. No, I'm not going to catch you, but yeah. You might be able to catch Jeeves. Eh. It's a shame, man. Sometimes I might catch it, yeah. All right. Chris, what do you think? Yesterday's headline had me thinking, like, man, it might be like a month or so, a month and a half. And then the headline I saw 10 minutes after that had me thinking it's going to be October, November. You know, I don't know. Every time I read an article, see a headline, it, the perception's all over the place. Yeah. You know? they're, they're not going to tell us anything solid. So I'm, th- I'm hoping, like, end of May, mid-June. I'm yeah. hoping for that, you know, just to be realistic. But. I just don't think things can stay shut down that long. Yeah, unemployment is just yeah. skyrocketing. But, you know, like, they're not going to let that go on. No, anymore. I think, like, it, in the world I'm in with sports, like, there's no one's making any money, and they just, there's no way they can stay shut down that long. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just don't know. So, I, I, I was thinking by mid-May, things are going to start popping back up. But, yeah, like Duval said, I'm going to wait maybe at least a month after they allow everybody before I get, because it's going to, Whip back around, but I saw a video of a baseball game being played without fans in Taiwan today. That yeah, was, you know, good sign if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Corey, any guess before you get out of here? I have no ideas, but I will say this: if people are going to start getting crazy, and whether they let us out or not, uh, you're going to see a lot of people jump the gun, probably, and it might send us right back where we started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm, 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 I'm for me. I'm at the, like the middle of May, maybe like starting to open up. Like everybody can like go back to work. Like do two weeks in, two weeks off. Like uh, Bank of America, where the ball works. My mom. That's what they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe do something like that. And uh, once you get around uh, Memorial Day. Start opening up for some more, and then hopefully by the end of May, first part of June, we'd be open up all the way. But I'm I'm middle of May towards the end of May. Jeeves, you still going on your cruise? No, they actually yesterday they actually sent us an email that they canceled. Ah, so are you getting your money back, or are they just moving you to another date? Well, they gave us two options. One, you can take your all your money back that you put up, like the money. Or you can use the money that you paid for the cruise towards a different cruise, and you get uh, some more uh, onboard credit for okay. alcohol or whatever. All right. Well, so. glad you're not going. You'd be like victim four million. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Corey, thanks for stopping by. We'll have to get you back on uh, when this is lifted to play some burial cart. Yeah, I'm in. And then, uh, yeah, if you if you want to join next Thursday, we're doing a big like Zoom draft watch party kind of thing. Um, it'll just be about fifteen to twenty of us watching the first round. You can come in and out. 
like you said, once the Dolphins are done, you don't have to stay the whole time. Some of us will be there the whole time, but What's you know, the Dolphins are going to draft the entire draft. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But well, yeah, we'll be in and out. Um, yeah, we'll have. A, I think we'll have like a bunch of Panther fans, Giants fans, uh, Redskins fans. So. Oh, are you gonna do the uh, your your draft thing? Yeah, I'm gonna send that. I'm gonna send that out. So actually, funny, I'm gonna send that out to probably either tomorrow or Thursday. We also Corey do a and I'll yeah talking about on the pod here a NFL draft mock draft challenge. So I've set up a scoring system for different points. Obviously, the higher the top of the draft, lower points all the way to the bottom. You kind of just pick where you think the person's going to go, and you get points by either the number they were drafted, like if you pick a player at 7 and he's drafted at 7, you get those points, or if you pick a player, let's say you had the Dolphins taking two at 5, but they trade up to 3 to get him, you still get those points because you had that team. So you get them by the team that takes them or by the pick number. Uh, and I'll send out – I usually send out like a top 50 prospects list and then that list – and we'll do it, and I guess we can put some prizes on a lot, but i got to make sure no one's, you know, fully weighing in and you have to submit your rosters in to me. You know what I mean? I don't need people, like, erasing and being like, no, 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 I got him, I got him. So rosters got to be submitted, I guess, what, an hour before the draft starts or something like that? But Yeah, that sounds about right. And we can't – we usually do a $5 buy-in, anything from a gas station. But since no one can really hang out, we'll just – uh do it free, and whoever wins, maybe I'll give them a escape 109 passes or something. So. Sounds good. All right. Well, Corey, thanks again. And, yeah, uh, fellas, thanks for uh, stopping by. And as always, for you guys out there, like, subscribe, comment, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, everything else. Chris, go buy a T-shirt. Whenever you yeah, get your name. I was just going to tell everybody else to go buy a t-shirt and you just pull that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well Chris then, I'll let you uh, send us out then. Peace. Bear out here and keep the simple thing.